Welcome to another edition of David Essel Alive, gang. America's positive radio talk show every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. First, I just want to say thank you so much with all the, the choices you have of spending your time doing various things around the United States and the world. We want to thank you for hanging out and tuning in with us. We welcome aboard from XM Radio our 12 million subscribers. Uh, proud to be part of the Premier Radio family. 1-800-548-TALK. 1-800-548-TALK. That's the number if you want to get a hold of me. We broadcast live every Saturday out of Studio E in Los Angeles, California on XM Satellite Radio 168. And we stream live around the world at talkdavid.com. With the Olympics coming up, we're looking to get some uh, some more feedback from our international fans and friends who listen to us. And uh, I think in a week, I believe it's next week, we're going to have an Olympic expert on talking about um, the odds of who's going to win what from the USA in the Olympics. Looking forward to that. Pure Positive Talk Radio celebrating 21 years, as a matter of fact. 1-800-548-TALK. If you want to email us during the show... Go to talkdavid.com, hit the contact us button, send us an email. I have your emails coming up later on. I'll look forward to, sh- to, to getting to some of them. Uh, and if you want to get involved with us on Facebook, David Essel Alive, go ahead and like our page, David Essel Alive. Hey, today, uh, coming up on the show, Rita Catalano from the Fred Rogers Foundation. Of course, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, you remember that. We'll be talking about the digital media age and kids' education. There's the coolest new video on Fred Rogers that someone put together on YouTube. We'll talk a little bit about that. Connie Bennett is coming up. This is a topic that affects so many people beyond sugar shock. It's all about healing sugar addiction, which... Believe it or not, affects more people in this country than we could ever imagine. Uh, a very interesting guest coming up, Robert Mazur, who's uh, the author of the book The Infiltrator, a former DEA agent, uh, undercover agent who worked to help uh, bring down the banks that were laundering the money from Pablo Escobar. You remember that cocaine kingpin? Looking forward to that. And Karen Noe, who's a medium, who's going to talk about messages that uh, she's received from the other side, people who have passed on, and how we can redirect our life right now to make better choices, to not have regrets. As a matter of fact, when she has done medium work with people, one of the things that has come through with people who have passed on saying that they regretted doing certain things, and she says there's no more need for regrets. Don't wait to do the things that need to be done now. So lots of very cool things coming up, dude. Oh, my Lord. I'm excited about today. Absolutely excited about today. You know, we, we of course, we're America's positive radio talk show. We have been for 21 years. And this topic I want to share right now is just so rocks. And in light of all the tragedies that happen around the world, there's always great news. You just have to find it. I was watching the ESPY Awards on... Uh, ESPN. And Eric LeGrand, if you remember this kid, he was a Rutgers football player two years ago. Uh, he hit, a, a, he, it was on a kickoff. I don't even know, who, I can't remember who they were playing. Maybe Navy or Army, I forget who. And uh, he went to tackle someone and he became paralyzed. Eric LeGrand became paralyzed. And they had him on the uh, ESPY show talking, the big sports award show. And it was amazing. This kid's in a wheelchair. 
I'm going to guess he's 21, 22 years now. It's been, what, two years since the accident, since the tackle that left him paralyzed. His attitude was over the top. We can learn so much from this kid. He says, uh, I believe it happened for a reason. My goal is to walk. I'm going to keep on fighting. When, 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 when he came out first and this happened, um, the coach that he had at Rutgers eventually went on to coach, uh, and now he's with the Tampa Bay Bucks, and uh, they signed him on to their 90-man off-season roster because he is so motivational. And then what about us? So we look at the situation we're in, that we're griping about money, we're griping about our relationship, we're griping about our health maybe. We need to learn from this kid, Eric Legrand. Google him. You'll see him speaking. Google him. Eric Legrand, Google him. We have to have faith like he does, ladies and gentlemen, in the yet unseen. And when we do, miracles happen. After these messages, we'll be talking with uh, Rita Catalano from the Fred Rogers Foundation, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, about kids in the digital age today, how to help them learn Right after these important messages, you are tuned in to David Essel Alive, America's positive radio show, 1-800-548-TALK. Stay right there. Every Saturday, pure, positive talk radio. David Essel alive here. Welcome aboard, gang. 1-800-548-TALK. 1-800-548-TALK. Helping you to make the very best decisions in your life. And not just for you, but for your family as well. As a matter of fact, our guest in just a moment here, Rita Catalano, the executive director of the Fred Rogers Center for Early Learning and Children's Media. You remember Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. There's a video on YouTube. I'm going to ask Rita about this in a second that I just saw. It has hit something like 6 million hits. And I don't even know how long it's been up, but it rocks. Rita, welcome to the show. Thank you, David. Hey, uh, tell me about that new YouTube video that I just saw. Uh, are you talking about the Garden of uh, Your Mind video? Yeah, the Garden yeah. of Your Mind. Yeah, that really is something that PBS put together, um, mm. I think in collaboration with the Fred Rogers Company. The Fred Rogers Company is the production company that Fred founded. Uh, so right. the Fred Rogers Center really wasn't part of the production of that video, but it's really creative. It's gotten a lot of really positive response. We know that. And yeah. it's a way of doing something that we're committed to at the Rogers Center, which is to take Fred forward. So how can we take those messages and carry them forward, get them out there in ways that people today can relate to? So it really is <laughs> terrific. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It's just awesome. So, so talk, talk to me about your goal, the goal of the, the Fred Rogers Center for Learning. What, it, what, it, what are you guys all about? Well, we're an academic center. We're based at St. Vincent College in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Latrobe is Fred's hometown. We're about mm. 40 miles east of Pittsburgh. Uh, there was, and Fred had a long, Fred and his family actually had a long relationship with the college and, 
Fred's vision was to establish a center that would do two things, that would preserve his work. So we've got the official Fred Rogers archive here at St. Vincent College, but then also to demonstrate that those same child-centered principles that were fundamental to his work apply in today's digital age. Mm. And so that's and, and what, really the- what we're about. And, and Rita, what, what are the major challenges that happen? And because I remember reading some background on you, and you guys work from birth to eight years old. What, what, is, what are the major challenges that parents have today in regards to helping their kids to learn effectively through media? I think um, the biggest challenge has to do with the fact that there's so much out there and that the media landscape is changing every day. So, you know, whether it's the hundreds of thousands of apps that are that are available uh, for children at, in the early years uh, or it's television. I mean, we have to we, we use the term digital media, but we have to remember that television is really still the medium of choice for about 75 percent of of especially the youngest children. So how do you how do you sort of navigate in this world that's that's just saturated with media and, you know, what we say is that really it comes down to three things. It's about the content, making the right decisions about the content. It's about the context. And so for us, that means, uh, to a great extent, interaction so that a child's media experience really is an experience with the adults in their lives. And it's about a balanced diet. It's a balanced diet of media use and hands-on activity. Um, and, you know, there are a lot of resources out there for parents that rate or and review particular media products, games, videos, movies, whatever it is. Um, mm-hmm. and, and many of those organizations are our colleagues, so Common Sense Media, Parents' Choice, Children's Technology Review. Um, and so we point parents to those sources and and we also try to provide some general guidance around around making those decisions and that in guidance a guidance includes things like um uh, being an active part of the child's media experience so it means whether it's a game or a television program or whatever it is an online um uh, resource. It's important to discuss with, with the child what he or she is seeing or doing, to ask questions, um, to encourage the child to imagine different scenarios or outcomes. You know, you, you said something, Rita, that just jumps at me, and, and the word you used was interaction. Mm-hmm. And and that seems to be so crucial and critical versus that whole thing about the media being babysitters for children. Right. Can you can you talk more about helping parents to find and, and, and programs, and whether it's TV or, or, or the digital media, where that the child has to become interactive versus the vegetable? Um, sure. I think that, um, you know, we often talk about a concept that's called scaffolding. So if, if you've got an app, a game that challenges the child, that takes the child from one level to another level of difficulty, um, that's, that is an opportunity Hmm. for the child to interact with the media experience as well as for the adult to guide the child through that experience. 
So my grandson, for example, who's three and a half, has a couple of favorite apps that involve puzzles, and he's able to take his way from one one puzzle level to the next when he feels like he's ready. Um, you know, uh, media experiences that allow children to create images, not just to view images, but right, to, right. to connect the, do- the dots, to make decisions about colors, about shapes. Um, mm. You know, we we also say that um, if whatever the media experience is, is just simply replicating what a child can do hands-on, hands-on is probably better. So, so this is not a real example, but if you've got an app or um, another media product or experience that just sort of a child sort of is, is playing with blocks or moving the blocks around and there isn't any challenge or creativity there, the child is probably better off <clears throat> excuse me, playing with the blocks. Right. Um, now, let, let, let's look at, you know, a, a, a Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, the sure. old shows. Sure. Are they still relevant as teaching tools today with our, our kids from, you know, one to eight? Or, or are the kids so advanced that even though they're, they're powerful and they're wonderful and they had, they had their, their, their opportunity to change kids' lives years ago, are they still relevant today or have kids bounced past that? Um, I think that they, I, I think that they're still relevant. We, of course, think that they're still relevant. They're not so widely accessible uh, mm-hmm. to, to children and to families these days, although there are full uh, episodes uh, of the programs available on PBS online. But I think that, so, you know, Ch- Fred was a, was a student of child development. And the fundamental principles of child development haven't really changed. The the um, the media for children, our lifestyles have changed. They've gotten faster. They've gotten more complex in many ways. But you know, if you think about some of those key messages and techniques in Mister Rogers' Neighborhood, and and they included things like, you know, interacting directly, making that child feel like he or she was the object of your attention and that he or she has value. Um, those are all things that we can do um, with digital media today. So, um, you know, is Mr. Rogers' neighborhood still relevant? Yes, I think it's relevant because the messages are. It's not mm-hmm. as accessible, um, but I think that there are a lot of new media creators, and we come across them often in our work at the Rogers Center, who are yeah. trying to take those same principles forward. You, you talked earlier about content, context, and balance. Are there, are there actually studies out there that support what you're doing and what you're talking about in regards to helping children to development, to develop at all levels? Um, sure. There, you know, there's a lot of research on television, uh, there's not so much research yet on the newer digital media, uh, and that's one of the things that, um, you know, we are trying to move forward with some of our colleagues that we really need, need to develop a new research agenda on this. Right, um, right. But there are people who are doing some of that work, and there's, I would 
I would uh, direct your listeners to a wonderful book by Lisa Guernsey. Lisa Guernsey is with the New America Foundation. Um, she's a journalist who has spent years studying children and media, and her book is entitled Screen Time. Uh, and in Screen Time, Lisa has done a pretty extensive review of what we do know from the research. Um, now, is that screen as an S-C-R-E-E-N, Nancy, screen time? Screen time, that's right. Okay, go right ahead, I'm sorry. No, I was, I was just saying that we, um, uh, you know, we do have research from uh, television, for example, that mm-hmm. tells us that, you know, children under two really get little, if any, positive educational benefit from mm-hmm. um from video, from passive media. Uh, And in fact, those kinds of exposures to media keep them from learning in other ways. Um, So, you know, we still have a lot to do. There are people who are doing work on the interactive uh, elements of of digital media. Joan Gans Cooney Center is doing some work. Joan Gans Cooney Center is based at Sesame Workshop. They're doing some work on e-books and on joint media engagement. Um, so, you know, this is all research that we all need to be aware of, and there are a lot of resources out there. For parents, we have uh, a website at the Rogers Center called the Early Learning Environment, uh, which actually uses media resources, uses video, uses apps to uh, help parents understand how to interact with their children using media and in other ways. Now, can can they get to that via the FredRogersCenter.org? You can, but it, we have our own website for the early learning environment, and it is uh, www.yourelle.org. Uh, we okay. created this site mostly as a resource to... Um, to help parents support early language literacy because we know that that's a particular issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But it um, but it also has a digital media literacy piece to it. It's a free Rita, fi- we, we have about 30 seconds left. Can you give any final, a final tip to parents with young children, one to eight, about what we're talking about in 30 seconds? I think the final tip is that you have to know your child and you have to know the media, and as a parent, you really have to model good media habits to your children. So what Ah. happens in that media environment in the home influences the child's media experience. Uh, Yes, we keep going back to the role model of the parent, gang. Nobody said it was easy. It's difficult. (laughs) It is difficult. Oh, you're dead on. Rita Catalano uh, from the the executive director of Fred Rogers Center for Early Learning and Children's Media. Rita, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. Thanks for the opportunity, David. Okay, bye-bye now. Uh, the Fred Rogers Center dot org, Fred Rogers Center dot org. And let me tell you this, gang, go and Google Fred Rogers Garden of Your Mind, the YouTube video. That's the one that has six million hits. It rocks. It, it'll bring back a smile on your face if you uh, if you are a fan of Mr. Rogers Neighborhood. 1-800-548-TALK, 1-800-548-TALK. Coming up next, sugar addiction. Oh, my God. Millions of Americans, including... Connie Bennett, the author we'll be interviewing, have struggled and are currently struggling with sugar addictions. Connie's going to tell us about how she had 44 ailments that she cured. 
I'm David Essel. Stay right there. Pure Positive Talk Radio every Saturday, gang. 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. Let your friends know we're rocking across the USA for them as well. Our toll-free number, 1-800-548-TALK. In just a minute, we'll be talking with uh, the author of the book, Beyond Sugar Shock, Connie Bennett, who is, like many of Americans today, struggled Deeply struggled with sugar addiction. We'll talk about simple carbohydrate addiction and all of the 44 ailments. Now, we won't have time to go over with Connie the 44 ailments, but you would not believe the changes that happen when you remove sugar. And we're going to talk to Connie about that, how to do it, what are the benefits in just a moment. We also want to let you know right now, coming up later, we have a former DEA undercover agent coming on. We have a medium coming on talking about how to do a life review for yourself right now. And you know, every Saturday, we're here to help you achieve your goals. If you want to email us during the show, just go to talkdavid.com Send us an email. Also, while you're there, you can get a free gift that we offer for everyone. It's a meditation audio helping us to slow down, reduce stress, think more clearly. Actually, we're going to teach you how to relax. It's like something that people nowadays so struggle with, right? Just go to talkdavid.com. When you sign up for our weekly wake-up e-list, you'll get the free meditation audio. There's a bunch of other free gifts you're going to get there as well. And every week, you'll receive an email with the guests of the week. Who's coming up? You would know that Connie Bennett's coming up next. You'd know that Robert Mazur is coming up later on. In other words, you'd be totally in tune with our show. Plus, get a ton of free gifts. That's all at talkdavid.com. So if you're struggling right now with fatigue, headaches, heart palpitation, brain fog, extreme PMS, and you're wondering why all the changes you're making and all the medicines you're taking ain't working, Connie Bennett says it could be because you have a sugar addiction. Connie, welcome to the show. David, thank you so very, very much for having me on. Yes. Now, talk about some of these symptoms that you had before you broke free and got got free of your sugar addiction. It's really true. There were 44 of them. <laughs> That's amazing. The reason I, the reason I knew is because I I had bought several books and I was like highlighting them all because I don't remember them all. Basically, it was <laughs> 1998, so I've now been off sugar mm. for uh, it's a little over 14 years, and mm-hmm. I had heart palpitations, fatigue, uh, anxiety, difficulty concentrating. Um, excessive mood swings that just flipped around like a yo-yo. It was very, very embarrassing. Uh, I need to look at my book to see what all my ailments were. (laughs) (laughs) Crying spells, craving for sweets. Oh, severe PMS, ladies. Severe, Mm. severe PMS. Mm. Um, Stay tuned because for women particularly, I mean for men too, but all the women and the men get incredible benefits as in terms of anything related to their uh, sex drive. <laughs> Anyhow, nice. I had 44 ailments, forgetfulness, nervousness, anxiety, lack of coordination, et cetera, et cetera. And they all, every 
single one went away when I got off sugar. But please, I want our li- your listeners to know <laughs> I did not want to get off sugar, and a doctor had to tell me to do it. Wow! And it was not. It was. It was a habit. It was a very ingrained habit, as it is with most people. And that's oh, well, why I've been you, devoted if... now to helping people to break free. Yeah, you know, if you look at uh, what what goes on around the country, I mean, I, I don't know. You'll know the pounds. Last I heard, it was like 130 pounds of sugar we eat individually too low, a year. Too low. It's, you know, let's let's break it down to what it is per day. Now, the American, yeah. um, I believe, Heart Association says 22 teaspoons a day. I think that's really low because you have to also bear in mind that people are not just consuming sugar in hidden, you know, hidden in foods as they're also consuming overt sugar, so both. So, for instance, yeah. you, may, you may have some bread or some crackers or even some pizza or pasta or whatever. You know, it's going to be in the tomato sauce. It's going to be in the yogurt. And you're getting sugar. And, and when I say sugar, I mean like a whole bunch of different kinds. It's not just sucrose. It's, it's high fructose corn syrup, which is used quite a bit in processed foods. It's you know, agave, that's the newest one, and health, health experts hate me when I tell them that agave is very high in fructose. Most right. sweeteners, most as sweeteners can wreak havoc with your blood sugar levels, um, you know, make you release too much insulin, and long story short, it paves the way for roughly almost 150 diseases or ailments. Connie, do you know the other day a client came in and they were so proud that they were getting off of their soda and they they said, you know, all their friends are seeing great benefits by drinking coconut water. And I asked to look at that thing and coconut water is packed with sugar. Yeah, it's very (laughs) high in sugar. But if you had to pick one or the other, I'd pick the other. However, one of the things um, that I am into is coconut oil. In fact, I just bought some today coconut mm-hmm. oil is is very is very valuable and if people want to have a little bit of the sweet taste you also can buy some granulated unsweetened coconut and put sure. it on top of different foods and give it a little bit of a flavor anyhow exactly hey share share with us so what was an average day before 1998 <laughs> with this with the change <laughs> come on little sugar addict fess up <laughs> i wasn't little i was a big one um it really depends because here's the thing and i think you're Listeners who are into sugar will relate to this. On a day that may I, maybe I was upset about something, I may have had more sweets. So let's say I woke up in the morning. Um, I wasn't big on breakfast, but so I literally may skip breakfast. The worst thing to do. Right, right. If I have to give your listeners any kind of advice, the first thing you do when you want to get off sugar and when you want to get healthy is you want to have breakfast. A quality mm-hmm. bar. So I would skip breakfast. So mm-hmm. maybe around 11 or 1, by that point I'm hungry, and yes. I would maybe, you know, grab these. I would drive. I was living in L.A. at the time. I would drive across town to go pick up hard candies. Now, they were low-calorie, mind you. So I'm hmm. like, oh, they're low-calorie. Okay, cool. Well, they were low-calorie. They're full of dyes and sugar. That's mm-hmm. it. No mm-hmm. nutrition. So I may have literally started my day with a bunch of those, like 30 of those. Mm, nice, <laughs> nice. And then maybe I might have had lunch afterwards. I mean, it was just crazy. So my blood sugar was going all over the place. 
um, one of the stories I now tell that actually entertained quite a few people is that my boyfriend couldn't take enough, and he then in turn dumped me. <laughs> okay. well, because be, all I had because of the sugar crazy intake. Crazy mood swings. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like there's so, Connie, there's regular Connie, and then there's Connie on sugar, and he never and, knew which Connie was going to be around. And Connie, you know what, what? What is that is so important for our listeners to pay attention to is the the number of people that have what you went through, that have all these different ailments, and they're going and they're being put on, you know, uh, antidepressant meds, and they're being put on all these different hormones, and this insanity when it could be diet related. Well, one of the most rewarding things for me, so my first book, Sugar Shock, came out about five years ago, and Beyond mm-hmm. Sugar Shock came out um, the beginning of June. But one of the most rewarding things, so since in the last 10 years, I've basically devoted myself to helping people to break free of their sugar addiction because it's so ingrained. And one of the most exciting things is, okay, so somebody will come to me, and they'll go, oh, you know, I'm really hooked on sugar, and oh, God, I can't stand it. And I'm not making fun of them, please. I was that mm-hmm. way myself. Okay, I had I had one woman I would call all the time when I was trying to quit sugar. But over the period of like six weeks, all of a sudden they're like, oh, my God, I have energy, and I really, I went to the gym today, and oh, I'm going to run a marathon. Well, not everybody who quits sugar runs a marathon. But the yeah. transformation is extraordinary. So when you do quit sugar and refined carbs, you get energy, you get enthusiasm, you get focus. I mean, seriously, there's no way I ever could have written a book when I was on sugar. You know, that people start new hobbies. Oh, and one woman, I actually quote her in my new book, Beyond Sugar Shock, but I don't quote her by name because she told a really great story about how (laughs) her sex life with her husband really... (laughs) <laughs> okay, listen. Hey, Connie, really got hold better that. after she got hold, off sugar. Yes, but hold that a, thought. Hold that thought because we're going to go to a break. We're going to come back and talk about an improvement in our sex life by getting off sugar. Connie will share the story with her client on the air with us. Well, we and as Connie said, we won't use her name. We won't use her client's name. If you want more information while we're in this in this break, go to beyondsugarshock.com, beyondsugarshock.com. Com. We'll be back with Connie Bennett in just a minute. Every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. Let your friends know America's positive radio talk show celebrating 21 years on the air, helping you to make the best decisions in your life. 1-800-548-TALK. I'm David Essel. Stay right there. Helping you to accomplish the most important goals in your life every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific on XM 168. David Essel in the box with you. Proud to be part of the Premier Family Network. And, of course, we also stream live around the world for your friends that may not yet have XM radio. Let them know they can listen to the show absolutely live at TalkDavid.com. Com. With me right now, the author of the book, Beyond Sugar Shock, Connie Bennett. Uh, we're talking, Connie, before the break about one of the major benefits of letting go of sugar is an increase in sex drive. Tell the story about your client. 
Well, um, I tell her story in um, in Beyond Sugar Shock. Basically, at the beginning of um, she took um, my uh, Sugar Freedom Now course, and at the beginning of it, she was very low in energy. Didn't you know for anything, not just you know, not just her sex drive, and she had no enthusiasm, and you know. And basically, over the period of six weeks, all of a sudden, she was into cooking. She was into being with her family, and she was just into being amorous with her husband. Her husband was like a big fan on getting off sugar after that. <laughs> I'm I'm sure he's like making sure now that there isn't a speck in the house, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whenever I, you know, whenever I work with clients, they're like, "Well, how do I get the rest of my family to to come along with?" the ride you know who mm. wants to quit sugar and i'm like well just tell them that a you'll be happy you'll be more fun to be around you'll have more energy you'll be more excited and you want to spend more time in the bedroom right <laughs> and <laughs> right that'll on. get them every time hey talk about the the effect that simple carbohydrates and sugar has on the brain yeah there's actually some new research about that there, I mean, there's, there's, I cannot keep up with all the research, okay? So, I mean, there is research coming out all the time that connects sugar to any number of ailments, whether it's type 2 diabetes, whether it is brain fog, dif- rem- difficulty remembering things, whether it is, uh, you know, <laughs> metabolic syndrome, heart disease, but the the brain fog one or the brain one was was a new study that came out recently, and literally, yeah, it can it can mess up your thinking. Yeah, and I and do. Then we I also... mean, that is what I used to call this brain fog. It, it's truly remarkable how you eat too many sweets and or refined carbs, and it can literally affect the way that you think. Now, um, when I talk about sugar, I also am talking about refined carbs. And I do want to bring listeners uh, some hope. <laughs> right. What I, I'm not, I used to be maybe more diehard than I am now. What I encourage people to do is find out what works for them. And then mm-hmm. you have to make a decision. You said something before, uh, before you had me on. I thought it was very, very interesting. You said, do what is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And initially, when you think about the idea of quitting sugar, the idea is uncomfortable. So I just tell people, well, you know, don't worry about it. Don't even think about it right now. (laughs) But at some point, and that's why, that's why in Beyond Sugar Shock, I literally, and also in my Sugar Freedom Now course, I spent three weeks helping you to get ready to even deal with the idea that you may quit. You may. Mm. But it's up Mm. to each person what they do, to what extent they do it. Are they going to eliminate it totally? Are they going to just cut back drastically? Or are they going to, you know, have have a taste from time to time? Some people right. can't do a little bit. Some people can't. Right, so right. I let people decide what works for them. But the point is that you do initially what is uncomfortable. In other words, you you you. In order to break free, you have to do something that makes you maybe initially feel trapped. In other mm-hmm. words, okay, so. And that's why you don't want to start with, I'm never, ever going to quit sugar, eat sugar again. That's not the idea. The idea is, well, what do you really, really want? So my first tip with people who are trying to break free of a sugar addiction is think about what do you really, really, really want? Not do you want that cupcake or that cookie. 
<laughs> They're cupcakes right. on the cover of my book. I got a little bit of flack on that. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> <laughs> one one reader even covered up. But the point is, do you really want that cupcake, or do you want to, you know, in, have a nice bike ride, or have a better love life with your loved one, or have better relationships, or or not be so irritable with your kids, or lose weight, or lose weight. Yeah, weight is yeah. it's kind of. I mean, for me, weight was not the issue. Most people do come to quitting sugar with, oh, I want to lose weight. And then all of a sudden they're like, ooh, I'm getting all these other right. benefits too. They're right. surprised. Well, and you know, kind of the other thing that people forget is like well, you talked a little bit earlier about emotional eating, and, and I love the world of addiction recovery, obviously, and yeah. I know that, that when, when people start to slow down and they go, you know, I'm feeling a little depressed, I'm feeling tired, I'm feeling this, and they see how quickly when they eat refined carbs or they eat sugar, they see how quickly their mood changes, it sort of opens them up to saying, oh my God, this is a drug, it, it it really really is, which is you know it's it's you're right, and that is one of the first things that I encourage people to do is to really do what I call sugary soul searching, where they just you know I'm not yes. even saying like I always like people that have something they can do right away after I'm interviewed on a show, so your listeners can do something immediately the minute you know I'm gone <laughs> or I'm off the air, um, and right. that is to just think about do sugary soul searching so. What times of day does sugar call out to you? What is going on in your life? You know, why do you want to have it late at night? Or why do you want to have it late afternoon? Mm-hmm. And then the mm-hmm. other part of it is, is, you know, what does it do for you? I mean, what do you really, 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 really want? It's not sugar. That's why I talk about how getting off sugar helps you to develop what I call a sweeter-licious life. And by sweeter, delicious, I talk about that it's sweeter. Your life is delicious. It's scrumptious right. and sensuous. Hey, Connie, Connie, we've got forty seconds left. Give okay. us a, a good, strong tip, and then we have to run. Um, don't expect yourself to do it overnight. Okay, I encourage mm-hmm. people get. A, I have a bunch of free gifts on my website. Just go to beyondsugarshock.com, and you can get gifts. But just cut yourself a break. You are imperfect and it's okay if you slip learn from your slips so i think i gave about three tips <laughs> <laughs> that's it okay ladies and gentlemen the name of the website beyond sugar beyond sugar connie bennett the author of the book beyond sugar shock connie thank you so much and i'm so glad those 44 ailments have healed babe <laughs> thank you so much for having me okay bye-bye now Our toll-free number, 1-800-548-TALK, 1-800-548-TALK. Every Saturday here helping you to make the best decisions in your life. And listen, let me me mention something else. I mean, there's so many things that Connie and I could have talked about. But, you know, in the the late 90s, interesting, around the same time as Connie, I was having some digestive issues, a lot of bloating, a lot of different things like that that I was going, what the heck was this for? And eventually I started working with um, a holistic chiropractor who nailed it. When he said you have an allergic reaction, an overgrowth of candida in your intestine due to your high sugar intake and simple carbohydrates. In other words, I was eating tons of pasta, tons of bread, tons of bagels, as well as sugar in the evening. And you want to know something interesting? What Connie said was dead on. It was all emotionally based because I got a rush 
out of that bread. I got to rush out of the simple carbohydrates. I got to rush out of the sugar at night. And first, there was a relaxation response that happened in the evening. And then that turned into a craving, and then it ended up being uh, all kinds of intestinal stuff that, uh, that many of you have suffered in the past or are currently suffering right now. Start to get off of that sugar stuff. Start to wean your stuff. Start to move away. Look for substitute foods. You will feel so much better. Uh, 1-800-548-TALK. 1-800-548-TALK. I am so glad you're with us. Coming up, we'll be talking to an, a former undercover DEA agent who had a lot to do with the Pablo Escobar demise because of the banking that he was doing his dirty laundering with. Robert Mazur is coming up soon. Every weekend, David Essel Live. Stay right there.